This is the Matt Townsend Show. If we're not wholeheartedly in our relationship, then we probably are always looking for exit strategies. Your guide on the side. I would suggest you forge more character. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm Leanna Tan, here to bring you Matt's best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. This week, as you all know, is Thanksgiving week, so I wanted to celebrate with you all by playing back some Thanksgiving-related interviews for a few days this week leading up to the big day. And we've already talked about a few Thanksgiving-related topics this week, but today I wanted to talk about a side of Thanksgiving that I think is often overlooked, and that is our American history. Thanksgiving recognizes the communion of the Native Americans and the pilgrims who helped start our nation and celebrates the blessing of our country and the history of the people who have helped us prosper and grow and be free. President George Washington made a proclamation when he declared Thanksgiving as a national holiday and said, Now therefore I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November, next to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions and his providence, which were experienced in the course and conclusion of the late war, for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty which we have since enjoyed, for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted, for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed, and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge, and in general, for all the great and various favors which he hath been pleased to confer upon us. Wow. I honestly think that was my first time ever reading that, but it was really interesting going through the history of Thanksgiving and seeing what our forefathers really thought about it. And sometimes we forget this is what Thanksgiving is about, remembering our creator and remembering our nation and the history that brought us here. So today's episode is with the host and star of the TV show American Ride. His name is Stan Ellsworth, and he is an ex-NFL player and a biker, but he is in love with history and has a passion for America. So he's going to remind us of the importance of the stories from our heritage. How on earth did this football player turn historian, turn you know, I, I, and by the way, and we're also I want to get into some of the stories because I've heard the impact you're having on kids as you go out. Well, and I think that's probably your soft spot. Well, Matt, thank you. Number one, thanks for having me on. You bet. Thanks for pubbing the show a little bit. <laughs> you bet. You know, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, you, and you're good at it. Well, thanks. Do you, I appreciate you, that. Do you love it? Well, you're, I, you're actually coming off two months of it. Hey, so no, no. Hey, man, look, you know, when, when, you, when you hear the open to the show, that's sincere. I'm yeah. not, that's not yeah, written that's you. stuff. That's your that, heart. That's, yeah. I love this nation. Yeah. Okay, I believe in her destiny. I believe in her people. Sometimes we don't get things right, but right. we fix them. Yep. We fix them. And, you know, we got a lot of fixed right now. Well, you know, that's interesting because there is kind of a, a sense of, for half the country, hopelessness and for half hope. So you loving it and talking about that's probably very helpful. Well, if we can get more people active in the political process by sharing – Number one, the great stories of our heritage. Mm-hmm. Every American, doesn't matter where you came from. Our or come heritage. From, that's right. It's our heritage. I love that. So, you know, I don't care if you came over from Vietnam just recently or you, 
you know, came from uh, merry old England in 1620 right. or 1607, you're an American, you know, and everybody in between. If if that's what you have in your heart, because we're not just a geographical location. Right. Yeah. America is much more about the heart and mind. It's the freedom of spirit, the freedom of conscience. Do you think we're losing those stories? Absolutely. I mean, it seems like they're not being told the same way. Like you tell them with a lot of uh, like reverence almost. You tell them, in fact, with reverence. And I think we're losing that reverence a little bit. I, I agree completely. I had the opportunity to teach high school for several years. And uh, curriculum-wise, we're pretty much cutting out the early part of America. Are we really? Well, we, we say, you know, the only thing we can really fit in and do justice to is uh, from 1865 on. So we skip everything between uh, – we do colonization. Mm-hmm. And because of revisionist historians – that was revisionist historians. Yeah, I was like, what was that? Yeah, yeah those guys. <laughs> um, you know, th- those fellows want to malign mm-hmm. the great men of the age of exploration and say, you know, all they were was was imperialists looking to conquer. Yeah, conquer and colonize and rape and pillage. And, you know, I'm not saying that some of that didn't go on, sure. but the spirit and the impetus behind that was not. That line of thought. Christopher Columbus was, in fact, moved upon by the Holy Ghost. Christopher Columbus did, in fact, have inspiration that moved him to do what he did. And some people say, well, he thought that he's going to Cathay, which is what they called China back then. Oh, really? Columbus might not have known exactly what was out there, but he knew that he needed to go. Yeah. And, you know, when he came back to Spain— and brought back, you know, the the wealth untold, the the new people, the the great mystery, the great adventure. You know, and they they made him the admiral of the ocean sea, hmm. and that wasn't just the king of Spain. That was, you know, the pope who yeah. at, at that time was the power behind On every Earth. throne yeah. in Europe. And, and Columbus said, whenever, whenever you go to sea, whenever you take up the flag of exploration, you go with the cross. Oh, interesting. That you will preach the gospel of our Lord to the people on the other side of this ocean. So, interesting. You know, so those are, and See, those they, are. You know what? Nobody hears this. You don't hear that anymore. They don't, people don't want to think of George Washington as perhaps one of the greatest men oh, yeah. that has ever lived. And he is one yeah. of the greatest men that have ever lived. They want to denigrate him. Right. And, and I take great offense and umbrage. Look <laughs> it up. Another one. You know, I, I, I yeah, do. I really I do. And uh, you know, from, again, faithful. I mean, like he had faith. He absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, no, he was, and you know, uh, Washington was a Freemason, which is very different in his time than yeah. you know what it's become over the over the course of years. And, and Washington even wrote. He spelled terribly. He was horrific at spelling. <laughs> but he he wrote in his memoirs. You know, I am looking for the light of heaven, for oh, further man. knowledge to come from. God the Father to his children. Washington had a very close relationship with yeah. the Lord. You'd almost, you, it seems like you'd have to, to do the things these men have done. Well, right? he's, he's the closest thing to a, to a prophet general we've had. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I'm sure that there's times that he may be rolling over in his grave. Yeah. But I think he still believes. He believes. But you really believe those are stories that need to be told. Absolutely. I don't, and I know there's a lot of people that would go, but you're speaking about religion. Yes, I'm speaking about religion. Divine providence is the author of our freedom, is the author of our nation. 
Now, you can interpret divine providence however you want. I say it's our Heavenly Father. Right. And, uh, you know, he has a purpose for this nation. And he expects the people to live up to the promise and the gift. And when we don't, okay, we got stuff to answer for. Oh, yeah. What do you think? It's funny because to see, to hear what you're saying and to see it coming out of a biker, it's so cool. Well, you know, like, it's it, cool. And because nobody expects it, that. Like, everyone would think you're just some pastor, but you're. You're just not a pastor. You're a biker. Well, you're a football player. I, I think thanks. But you're—I mean, really—it's well, a powerful message. And, and Matt, here, here's the thing: I, I learned pretty early on in my, you know, in, in my adult life that when you have a 22-inch neck, people figure you got a 22 IQ. <laughs> I know well. that's true, though. And they're they're astounded yeah. when you know big words. It's it's almost like when you say a big word, you know what it means. You're all over it. You're good using it. You but then you laugh about it because. You think we think you shouldn't say that, but honestly, we don't even know what you're talking about. No, I, and that it's I've learned powerful. as well. <laughs> you're that there's smart. a lot of people who go, hey, man, stop with the 25-cent words. But it's totally you true, know, I will try to communicate monosyllabically. <laughs> you know, but no, it, it's, it, it's a lot of fun. I think it's cool. I bet you blew away the huddle in the NFL. Oh, I, <laughs> like, I, They're like, Stan, would I've you, got kind would of you a tone it down voice. a little bit? That's true. But no, I, I, Did you ever uh, – that's cool. Did you ever, like, take stands like this – in your locker room at college? I mean, were you this passionate about it in college? I've been passionate about America since as far back as I can remember. Now, you asked me before we went on air, yeah, um, you know, how how did I fall in love with history? Right. This is, I've told this story before, so it's not like we're... This isn't new. No, we're we're, We're not not cutting new grass, (laughs) but maybe a lot of these folks are interested. I haven't heard, but see, when I was a little boy, we lived down south, back east, so... A lot of my point of view is is very southern. Southern boy, it is very much. I'm a country boy. Yeah, and we lived right close to the Manassas battlefield, you know, in just outside of Manassas, right. Virginia. And frankly, I could get on my Schwinn back then. Didn't yeah, have a I had a Schwinn totally. Yeah, I had my Schwinn Stingray. Yeah. And I'd, I'd get on the on my bike and I'd ride over to the battlefield because back then you could. The, yeah, it's probably the roads open, are now, yeah. you know, there's a freeway that runs through there. But, you know, I used to ride the road right over to Henry House Hill. Some little kid out on an old battlefield. Yeah, and there's this huge statue on Henry House Hill of uh, General Thomas Stonewall Jackson. Cool. And it's it's heroic size. I mean, it's huge. He's the big guy. He's big. He looks like a god that's come right down from Mount Olympus. <laughs> to get it. You know, yeah, and his horse is just incredible. And I'd look up at that statue and I'd say, one day I'm going to be like that man. Really? Yeah, and so I went and I read everything I could about about General Jackson, and read everything I could about General Lee. Yeah, I read you know everything I could about General Stewart. Read everything I could about General Sherman. Just you started to fill love. my mind with yeah. stuff. And and you know, yeah, I did. I, How I did. old were you when you were doing this? Oh, seven, eight. You know that's messed up, right? How's that messed well, up? Well, you just know that nobody I should have been that. playing with my no, Yeah, you should have been beating people up. Or like we didn't have Hot football. Wheels when I was seven and eight. I know, but that's, that's, see, that's powerful. That's why you are where you are, though. You started young. Well, you know, but now a lot of this journey is kind of like a journey through my family's genealogy. Mm. And this is kind of funny. And, and, you know, we just filmed a segment in Missouri about the James gang. Um, my father's family. You know, we all have a number of lines to yeah. whom we're related. And if we go living in the past, then we cease to live in the present. Right. But it's kind of funny when you realize, you know, where you come from because hearts of the children should turn to their fathers. Right. But you got to, you know, be working forward. And my daddy's family, they're, he is directly descended from Hiram Smith. Directly descended from 
Jedediah M. Grant. Who wow. was the first mayor of Salt Lake City. Yeah. Led a wagon train over here at So this is your grant. This is your dad's. That's my daddy's family. That, so they kind of yeah. had kind of an LDS extremely, historical extremely. roots. Extremely. My dad's a, a, a sealer at the, uh, what they call it, the Corner Canyon Temple. I think everybody so calls temple. it the Draper. Yeah. Hey, he's been a patriarch for years. When we stand together, people say, y'all are related? Really? Isn't that so, Yes, we are. But now my mama's family is very, very Southern. Missouri, Kentucky, Virginia. My mama's family is not descended from, but closely related to Robert E. Lee. Really? My mama is directly related to Zerelda Samuel, who, if you look in the book, that's a mama of Jesse and Frank. Oh, my heavens. So there's times when when my mom will say, jokingly to my dad, we kicked y'all out of Missouri once, I'll do it again. <laughs> oh, scary. So you know, Because <laughs> the Mormons were kicked out of Missouri. Right. Well, that's what she's so saying you got, you got this split personality. Uh-huh. You got bit. kind of a Mormon a side bit. and the, the against the Mormon they, you side. You know what? I don't know that they're against. But, yeah. You know, everybody finally, every knee has to bow, every tongue has to confess that, you know, it, it you, is Stan. what it is. But uh, it, it sure is fun. You know, oh, yeah. Wherever we go, it's like, hey, yeah, I know this person. I've read about this person. Heck, my mom is related to that person. Every, yeah. Yeah. We're, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about General Sterling Price. Oh, yeah. He's my mama's cousin. Well, that's what's different about you, too, because mm-hmm. you know your you know your history. I mean, not just your American history. You you tie this all to personal family history as well. Oh, yeah. That's where it, it kind of excites you, too, oh, to know it, that it you does. are related to these people. Well, we're doing Ethan Allen up at, at Fort Ticonderoga. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, he's my boy. You know him. Yeah, that's <laughs> he's right. In, he's in your family. He is. He is my family. That's that's, that's cool. exactly right. You know? Is that what led you to go to – you studied, too. You went to – No, I studied. Yes, you I got a, studied. You got What degrees did you get? You I, got I've got a history degree in history and psychology. And psychology. Which did you prefer? Um, history. Did you? Was that just natural? It was easy. Do you remember I mean, dates you know, what, what do you say? It's, no. Because I don't. Which, you know what, when you're talking about how boring can history yeah. class be? And, and again, it, it depends on your presentation. It always depends. There's no such thing as a bad student. No. Okay, there's bad teachers. Right. That, that you got to access you the You got to remember that what you're doing is influencing, influencing the lives of individuals. With what tool are you using? Are you using history today? Are you using football today? Mm -hmm. Because football coaching is nothing but teaching. Are you using mathematics? What are you using to help this individual become better because of the interaction with you? Yeah. Again, there's some kids that don't want an education. You can't give everybody one. they got to want to take it. But largely, when you make the presentation, if all you do is tell them, in 1492, (laughs) Columbus sailed the ocean below, you're going to lose them. Get your books out. Yeah, that's right. Please watch the film strip and fill out the questionnaire. You lost them. Uh, you don't have any you just passion lost for this. Right there. That's right. Well, you must have tenure because you're a waste of time. <laughs> That's true. You know, and, and so to me, history isn't a course. It's not a you know, a, 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 no. a curriculum. Mm-mm. It's part of living. It's part a of life. But it's really maybe you're less of a historian and you're just a teacher, and you have a passion around the stories. You're a teacher. I see. We're, we're gonna we're gonna come back because I want to talk to you about you teaching. I've seen you coach little league football. I've seen you in action on a field. <laughs> and what it, it's, yeah. what's great is you're just as you're almost you're just as abrupt in a way, but you're there's you, everyone knows you care, and that's I think why you reach. And then I want to come back to and talk about what because you, when you're on the road, I've heard stories about you in the middle of the South when you're out teaching in a little classroom and the kids you can finally reach these kids. Well, I'd love to talk about that. Because it's uh, – I, I want to hear that side because to me that's that's who you are, you big 
lug. Huh? You're just a big teddy bear, <laughs> aren't you? Okay, Stan Ellsworth. We're joined by Stan. Stan, American Rides, the show on BYU, uh, BYU TV. What's the... What's the number? The do you know the numbers on BYU TV? Twenty one Comcast. I think Comcast. we're three seventy four on Dish and Direct. There you go. I'm glad you knew him. We'll be back with more from Stan Ellsworth, an American ride, our Harley Dryden, Harley Ryden historian, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. This is the Matt Townsend Show. In honor of Thanksgiving coming up in just a few days, we are talking about American history right now. And we're listening to an interview with Stan Ellsworth, the host of a TV show on BYU TV dedicated to American history. So Stan used to be a history teacher, but he said that history isn't a curriculum. It's a part of life. And it's so important for each of us to treat our heritage and history with reverence. And I think that the heritage of our nation is a big part of Thanksgiving, and we are each becoming a part of that history and heritage as we speak. So it stuck out to me in the last segment when Stan said, what are you doing to help the individuals around you become better because of their interactions with you? And he was referring to history teachers, but I think that that applies to every single one of us. We are each part of the tapestry and the thread in the history of this nation. So what are we doing to better the people and the world around us right now? In this next part of the interview, Stan shares a little bit about what he has been doing to make his mark on the world and how something as simple as having a passion for history can touch lives. Now, you get to travel all over, though, so you're seeing all of these states. We do. We, we get to tell travel. me. Uh, – okay, so you pull up in the truck in – New York City. New York City. <laughs> that's a bad commercial. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. oh, that's Pace Picandi. Um So when you pull up into this town, or where were, were you in New York City? Did you go to a school in New York City? Actually, when I was in New York City, we, I, I was there at that time uh, to do the uh, uh, Fox morning show over the weekend. Were you really? They were interested in, hey, American yeah. ride, it's patriotic. It's, right. You know, how much out there is, is this openly patriotic? Ain't much. Yeah. But we are. Yeah, totally. And so we got to be on, we, me and my tapeworm, we yeah. went out there. <laughs> we got on, uh, on, on the Fox morning show and, you know, it was great time. They're fun people. Did, and people recognized you. People recognized me. We went to, afterward, we got to go to breakfast with these folks. Um, from from Fox, and uh-huh. we're sitting in a restaurant, and there's uh, several little girls, you know, yeah. that are sitting in the corner. They'd come up from down south for a dance competition. Oh no way! And, and two of these little girls are just in the corner going, and their 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 dance coach. Yeah, is, you call it a dance coach, instructor. Yeah, their dance yeah. instructor, whoever. Uh, she came over and said, um, "Could my girls meet you?" No way. Yeah, so there, there's these three little girls, one little one little white girl and yeah. two little African-American girls. And they come over, they're just giggling, they're blushing. They're, yeah, yeah. You're a star. They knew me. But you're a star teaching history. Well, I, you know. I'm, but I'm, that is huge. To me, I'm, I'm not. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. a guy trying to, 
You know, and so I don't I yeah. don't realize that. No, but you, I'm touched. You're making a difference. These girls are liking history enough to know they you. They are, and that's that's what that's the cool thing. Like that's is all of a sudden they're going, "Hey, American history is right. important." Totally, and that's what that's you know, makes goal. me excited. No, the thing the thing I loved about teaching in the classroom is when you teach a concept, mm-hmm. and you watch the kids go. I get it. They get yeah, it. And their eyes light up. Yeah, just like you know, we that. talked about totally. working with the Little yeah. League guys. Yeah, totally. When you teach them an idea and all of a sudden, you know, the game slows down yeah. and the idea opens up and you see in their eyes. Yeah. Well, I've seen you. So I've we were sitting there and I never put these two together. But we're sitting there and you came over, asked by a dad. Actually, I think you taught a lot of the teams that my kids go to. And they, they bring over Stan and Stan comes in, a big dude, ex-NFL player. But you would go, you would always like squat down right to their eye level and you'd teach them eye to eye. And you're not afraid to move them. Oops. And you're not afraid to push it, not push them, but like move them around and put them where you need to, to put them. And then you'd tell your stories and you'd, but you spent, I remember the entire night. You didn't have to. This wasn't your job. You didn't have kids on this team. You're volunteering because you just wanted to teach. And you were on fire. I remember my kids like leaving thinking, he's so cool. That guy is so cool. I sure fooled him, didn't I? <laughs> well, but honestly, if you can bring that passion, which is really kind of a part of the show is there's a human side to everything, right? And so right. history can teach us this passion, but it's also that you can do everything. You can be a football player and a historian and love kids and have a great family and six children and make life work. You don't have to, you're not determined to be what you we're supposed to be historically, well, you know. You know the, right. And, and that, again, and you know, we talked just a minute about yeah. how, you know, America is a nation of destiny. And when you look back in history, the Renaissance mm-hmm. and the Reformation had to happen so that the Age of Enlightenment could come about. And the Age of Enlightenment is the father hmm. of our political and personal common sense. We had to, like, make that much progress to get enlightened so that we could then— be where we are today. Individual f- liberty, individual freedom, and the concept of self-government yeah. could not have come about without those steps having first been taken. That's huge. So, and and that that is the father. Those things are the father of American society. So, when you really start yeah. your study of American history, you got to go back to the Renaissance. You have to the Reformation, Age of Enlightenment. See, and remember to watch American Ride on Monday nights. We're coming at back. I need you to come. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a break. But when we come back, we're gonna have another about eighteen minutes with Stan. And I, this is what I want to know, Stan. I want to know two or three of your favorite heroes, people that this country would not be the same without these people. Three, like two or three of your favorites, okay? I bet you. Because to me, and here we are, we're about to celebrate Thanksgiving, and honestly, few people know what they're really, few people know how grateful they should be for what we've got in this country. So I want you to prime us a little bit, All okay? Right. Deal. Talking to Stan Ellsworth, the host of American Ride right here on BYU Television. You're listening to BYU Radio right here with Matt Townsend on BYU Radio. Show. It's amazing to hear such passion and reverence for the history of our country, isn't it? 
We are listening to an interview with Stan Ellsworth about the importance of the history of America and remembering the stories of our ancestors. Sometimes it's easy to forget the importance of the experiences of the people who came before us, and we get so caught up in the triviality and the busyness of the present. But I like how Matt said that there is a human side to everything, and history can teach us passion and can teach us that we can become anything we want to become and empower us. So for this last part of the interview with Stan, we're going to listen to a few of his favorite American heroes and his personal experiences feeling the power and reverence of America. We got about-ish 17, 18 minutes. But here's what I, I really want to know. Who to the core do, do we as Americans need to know? What are their stories? Why? And and just two or three that, you know, Thanksgiving's coming, know who we've got to know. Well, I, I, I'll tell you, and I, I mean this in all sincerity, um, you need to be thankful for the Lord because this is, this is his land. Yeah. Okay, he established it. He set it up to accomplish his will and his purposes. So you see it's you see there's like been a divine hand in the always, whole progress. Always, always. George Washington, who would yeah. be the second man on that list, uh, said that anyone who cannot see the hand of divine providence in these proceedings, meaning the foundation from seventeen seventy four through seventeen eighty three, the revolution, mm-hmm. who can't see the hand of divine providence in these proceedings is blind. Wow. Okay, so yeah. if, if you want to say it just happened, that's fine. But General Washington, who Tell is the, the father story. of our country, says you're an idiot. Yeah. So, you know, pull your head out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay, the snow story. Uh, when we did the the pilot episode yep. for American Ride, we did the story of Valley Forge, which is a deeply moving, very touching story. And, again, it centers on right. Washington's faith. Yeah. Uh, That's the prayer painting that you always see. It, it is. Praying. It is. And there's, again, revisionist historians that will say, well, we don't know if he actually – we don't have it. It's like these guys are yeah. looking for an 8 by 10 color glossy right. photograph yeah. of what happened in 1777. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We don't have it, so I'm right. sorry. You know, But blessed is yeah. he that hath not seen and yet believes. Mm. But, but anyway, so we're doing Valley Forge, and uh, it was in February, and it was icy cold. <laughs> No snow. Were you questioning the whole show right then? Oh, heck no. <laughs> like, this I, is I, I believe, baby. I believe. <laughs> you knew it was but, meant and, to and be. And here is why. This is why I believe that, that there's greater minds and greater things at work as far as American ride goes and I think as far as you know the American nation goes than we understand. Right. Um, we were told we needed to reshoot that episode as part of season one. And the note came down from from the head office, and yeah. it would be great to have snow. We need snow, Stan. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not in charge of snow. Yeah, and you know my producer Jeff Miller is not in charge of snow. How do we and get snow? Well, well, we kind of looked at each other like, well, yeah, that sure would be nice. Yeah, it would be a lot of things. So when we're back there, when we can fit going back to Valley Forge to film this episode, it's in you know middle late October. Yeah, and in Pennsylvania, middle late October is a beautiful time of year when the leaves are just changing. And it's generally somewhere between 62 and 78 degrees. Not good snow weather. No, not good snow weather. So we're going, well, that one's kind of dead. The night we showed up to the hotel, and we're going to shoot the next day, that night we pull in and it started snowing. No way. We shot the entire next day. With snow. With snow. 
Valley Forge. In Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. It's snowing in Philadelphia in October. It snowed that whole day. And when we left the following day, the snow stopped. See, so it, it believe me, it, no, it, it's cool. not me. No, that's but meaningful. The, the, the story yeah. that was told there is important. Yeah, and it had to. You had to have the snow. I mean, you had to have that cold. You don't feeling. understand Valley Forge. Right. It's like going on a Pioneer Trek in no, July. Exactly. Yeah, you're you, not going to understand. Yeah, you it. need to know. If you want to know what the Willie Martin through. Company went through, right. go to Wyoming in January. Yeah, then you get it. Yeah, but yeah, then you'll get a, 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 a glimpse. Hey, yeah. Nobody's fooled because yeah, no. after the three-day trek, I'm going to the Sev. Yeah, Everybody that's knows. right. You're going to go but, get you know, the, Yeah, cocoa. the thing is, that, that, that whole point that's right. is that without that snow, the story of Valley Forge would not have been as touching. Mm. And when Washington was looking at you know these poor, starving men yeah. who were standing by their post, they were standing to their duty, they didn't have shoes, many of them. Their clothes were threadbare and ragged. Yeah. Many didn't have coats. Very few had blankets. But they stayed. Yeah. They believed in liberty. They believed in freedom. They wouldn't go. Washington knew that he didn't have a great opportunity to provide him with any yeah. better. Here we go. Okay. And that's when he went and and fell before Providence. He I'd knelt see. down. And he, when he says Providence, what he means is his Heavenly Father. Yeah, he, went. he just was not making that public. Mm-hmm. Because he believed that saying it too often was profaning the name of deity. That's why he uses the term providence out of respect and reverence and deference to his heavenly father. Excellent. So if you understand yeah. Washington, then you have no question. Yeah. There's, there's nowhere to hide about Washington's faith. Yeah, he had it. But, you know, and, and nobody knows exactly where that prayer Is occurred. he your number one favorite? As far as mortal men go, yes. That's neat. Absolutely. That's George Washington is the father of this nation. He is the best example of, of integrity and honesty. Even King George, at the end of the, of the Revolutionary War, okay, in 1783, Washington sat at the head of a powerful army that could have ridden into Philadelphia and told the Congress, you guys are defunct. We are now the operative government. Yeah, right. Washington rode into Philadelphia and humbly returned to Congress the power that Congress had given him. He would not take up the mantle of king. Then in in 17, I think it was 1797, or was it? Yes, it was after the 96 election. So in 1797, when Washington could have said, well, I'm going to be the... I'll be the president. I'll I'll run again in 96. I'll I'll be king. Yeah. Washington did not. He would not. Walked away. He walked away. And King George said, that is the man of the age. Didn't he? Wa- he walked away and just kind of he went away. Like he, 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 he kind went of, back to he Mount just, Vernon. <laughs> he just disappeared away. He didn't want to be out in the way. Well, no, he, he's the guy that actually gave Douglas MacArthur the idea: old soldiers never die; they just fade away. I love that. And I'm going to fade away. See, now. we it's need my, those people. We need men of that integrity. Yeah, totally. We need men that want to live that example. And, and you know, even in in one of our episodes, we say anyone who would aspire to the office of president, it's not about you. It's not about mm-hmm. your party. Washington warned the American people about the parties. It is divisive. It is wrong. Mm. Americans are the party. It's the only party that matters. People that have a different point of view about, you know, how to affect liberty. Once you join a party, you're locked into a mindset that allows very little wiggle room. And I think we might be – we're seeing that. We're seeing that in our elections. We're watching Washington's prophecies fulfilled. Give me some more people. Obviously, Thomas Jefferson. Talk about Thomas. Okay. Thomas bit. Jefferson, has, he's, he's actually not that colorful of a person. 
Yeah, he seemed kind of. He seemed the, just like a smarty pants. That well, you know, he's actually a kind of a shy and retiring. Is that kid. what he He's is? a redhead with freckles. Oh, it looks like Skyboy. There you go. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Represent. There Represent. you go. Man. Hey, gingers have souls. Gingers have souls. Hundred percent. But but anyway, so and and at the uh, Second Continental Congress, you know, Jefferson's sitting in the corner at the Virginia desk, yeah. normally reading a book. He, he's because Jefferson couldn't stop. His mind was reading. Six books at a time. Yeah. You know, he couldn't get enough knowledge right. in. The man could speak four languages and could read, you know, every dead language. Well, not every, but Latin, yeah. Greek, all those. Yeah. You know, he was, he, was a, he was an incredible scholar. And, and ahead of his time. Incredible intellect. Very much. And he was very schooled. Mm-hmm. The books he was reading was actually, were actually books about political theory. You know, he's not, he, no. he's not up there reading the adventures <laughs> of whoever. He, yeah. He's reading the political theory. Mm. Of the day, he's putting all of the knowledge of the Age of Enlightenment into his head, That's so that powerful. when he works yeah. on on whatever this Congress decides, he's prepared mm-hmm. to give the best he can give. Yeah. So there's that time when you know it, it, the uh, the vote on independence is uh-huh. called to the floor, and John Adams, who yeah. would probably be number four in the line, um, you know, John Adams says. You know, wait, you know, he's talking to Franklin, who's yeah. number five. Um, you got him. Yeah, yeah, that's he amazing. He, he says, we can't, we can't do this. They've made it so it has to be unanimous. It ain't going to be unanimous. What do we do? Yeah. And, and, and the two of them together come up with an idea we're going to put before the Congress. We need to have a declaration about why we want independence. So they bring that forward and they, they you know, motion and, and mm-hmm. Hancock recognizes them and, and and it says we need a declaration stating why we should be free and independent states. And Hancock says, "Well, I think everybody here understands." Yeah, that. hello. You know, we, we've been here forever. Yeah, <laughs> we we know. And and so why do you think we need to do that? And neither Franklin nor Adams responded. No, they, they could they have, could, but, they didn't but the man that responded was Thomas Jefferson of Virginia when he rose and said to put. Before the world, our argument in terms so plain and compelling that they demand assent. Huge. And, okay. Okay, well, that's it. Mr. Jefferson's right. <laughs> Great idea. You know, and, 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 you know, and, and, and I mean, in, in the uh, in the play, seventeen seventy six, the musical. You know, they they make the point that John Adams was obnoxious and disliked, and oh. John Adams was a very driven individual. Okay, but it was the Adams boys and John Hancock that create the, the movement in Massachusetts oh, movement. that is the beginning of American independence. Huge. Now, there's some scholars that actually argue that men like Stead Bonnet and Edward Teach, Edward Teach is also known as Blackbeard, were people that were fighting or attempting to achieve a degree of independence. Hmm. They, they weren't actually pirates. Remember, history is generally written right. by the victor. <laughs> okay, And yep. once Edward Teach was killed in Pimlico Sound in North Carolina— he couldn't write his book. Right, no. Okay, so anyway, when, when they write the book, they say he was a pirate, a bloodthirsty cat. Blackbeard. Okay, yeah, but he was actually campaigning and fighting against yeah. the British mercantile system. The enemy of your enemies, your friend. Well, kind of, I mean, it's well, kind of like, I mean, yeah, you needed what you needed. So it, it's, you know, we don't know when it actually began, right. but the Adams boys and John Hancock are men that saw that the time of independence had come. Huge. And, you know, the, the Han, or Adam's John. Yeah. Adam's not Sam. Is he three? Who's your uh, third? I would say, well, first you got the Lord. Then yeah. you got George Washington. Okay, there we go. Oh, then, then you got Thomas. Tom Jefferson. Then, then you have John Adams. And then you got Ben Franklin. 
Okay, that's the cool. ubiquitous Ben Franklin. He's probably the only man that's received degrees from Harvard, Oxford, uh, and yeah. Cambridge. Well, it's because electricity. Well, it, because of so many things. The man, <laughs> he, you know, he started a time management company here in Utah. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, he was here before anybody. <laughs> Franklin Covey. Franklin, and he knew Covey. Yeah, he did. Yeah, right. Covey was old. So apparently. Here, well, yeah, apparently older <laughs> than we thought. No, but but Ben Franklin's mind. Oh, it just didn't never stop. Never stopped. Did it? And, you know, he, he wasn't so much – he was an intelligent, brilliant scholar. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't a guy that lived in the ivory tower. No. He's a guy that lived in the field. Was he – what was he like? Was he cynical? Do you, do you have any idea? Like, how would you characterize him? I think that Ben fun? Franklin was fun. I think he was one – you know, this is the way they introduced Franklin. Yeah, when, let's when, hear it. So you'd come into the – when a new member of Congress and they'd say – you know, as you're getting introduced around to everybody – I'm sorry, I keep thumping the mic. It's okay. Um, you know, they'd say, uh, this is the the guy from Mr. Hopkins from Rhode Island is the oldest member of Congress, with the exception of Mr. Benjamin Franklin of Philadelphia. And this is Mr. Sam Rutledge of South Carolina. He's the youngest member of Congress, with the exception of Mr. Benjamin Franklin of Philadelphia. He was everything. Ben Franklin lived every day of his life. How neat. Okay, he was. He was, he was a and guy. And they liked him. He was apparently. trying to become a real human being. Mm-hmm. And to him, that meant... You know, I'm going to experiment with the ideas. Okay? It didn't mean he was going to be no. debauched. Right, right. Okay? It meant he was going to see and Test. find out about the world. He was going to experience good things and see how far the human spirit could achieve. You know, when, when, and Franklin was sometimes a deist, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. You know, it depended on how he, what, how he, he was, was thinking. the argument, right. Yeah, because he's still thinking it through. Sure. And he would say, I'm really pretty much undecided. I'm in and out. But, I don't you know, know. Yeah, and, and, and this is— Which is this, so human. That's human. No, it is. But this is the man that when the Congress, the, the Constitutional Convention convenes, he's talking to that Congress. He's the man that says before every session, we must start with prayer. Hmm. And one of the guys says, but Ben, you're a deist. You don't believe in Ben, prayer. you don't even believe in prayer. And he said, now I'm old enough to He's where, hedging his bets. He, he's just saying, I'll find out the truth of all that. Later. Pretty quick. You know, in a bit. But right now, we need to pray. That's It brings powerful. us all together. It's, they really were a mix of people, weren't they? And they, we've kind of had, the, I guess, the benefit over time of making them whatever we wanted them to be. But you know, they, they, they were just real people. There's too many people that try to bend them into their mold. Yeah. We have to accept them as who they are yeah. with their strengths right. and weaknesses. But what they absolutely were were the best minds on earth brought together at one spot at one time mm-hmm. to create – an incredible opportunity for the children of God. And many people have followed that creation, that document, those ideas. I mean, this is huge. If you want to hear it, well, if we come back and if you'll give me the time, yeah. I'll tell you a story about Independence Hall. Really? Maybe yeah. we can end on that. See, that's why I like your stories, because you you tell the war story, but you also you just tell the human story. There's always a human kind of spiritual component to your stories. You had another story you were going to wrap up with. I did. I did. Stacy and I went to a high school or a junior high school the other day. We were we do a presentation yeah. to the kids and you know tell them about American history, get them to say the Pledge of Allegiance together, try right. to get them a little teary. Um, never hurts. You know, Half time's a good thing. Totally. 
But but anyhow, at the end of it, the kids will ask me questions, and one of them asked, where was the Declaration of Independence signed? And I told them Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Another young person asked, where was the Declaration of Independence signed? And I repeated again. <laughs> you know, and then a third kid, several questions later, said, now, where was the Declaration of Independence signed? And I finally said, at the bottom. At the bottom, at the bottom of it, right at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, but, you know, the, the, the story is um, we had the opportunity to go to Independence Hall when we were filming our episode about uh, the Declaration of Independence, and mm. then again when we were filming our story about the Constitution. That's got to be like a sacred it is. place. It is. And, you know, there's, there's uh, uh, when you walk into what's called the assembly room where they have the furniture from the Constitutional mm. Convention, uh, there's a banister between where the people can walk. Can walk and, in and then hold and you where back. where the furniture mm-hmm. is. Yeah, they, let, they let me uh. be on the inside of, of that barrier. And, you know, there there's times in my life that I have very strongly felt the presence and the influence of, as General Washington says, divine providence. Right. When I stood in that room, you know, I, I, I know it. that that room remembers those men. And Isn't I know that, that often, I think, they gather there hmm. Just, so that we can remember. And can keep feeling that spirit so that you can... But most kind of, of testify all, of that. most of all, and for every person of faith, they understand this. There's a time in your life, okay, when when you know and you have to accept, you know, the reality of of the Lord. And when I was standing there in Independence Hall, I know for a fact. That he's there. That Jesus Christ stood in that room and directed the work of mm. those men. And there's a lot of people that'll say, well, that's just not appropriate for the public discussion. It is the public well, discussion. And feel in your heart. So just as you're listening to this, you can feel it. I can see it in your eyes. You know that. I do. I cannot deny it. Are you not lucky to know that or what? Well, blessed. I think blessed. Providence. Divine providence. There it is. It's the foundation of this nation. Well, Stan, I appreciate you because you're you're taking a dream, a passion, and you're you're changing people's lives with it. Well, thanks. Keep it, it up. It's sure fun to ride a Harley to work. Now that's what's so great. They can find you. Now tell us where they can find you on BYU. You know, we're on every Monday night at seven thirty p.m. Mountain Time. That's nine thirty p.m. Eastern. Uh, Eastern. I think we're on it at five o'clock as well, uh-huh. Eastern Time, and. Apparently, it's not only family-friendly, but home evening appropriate. (laughs) So gather the kids around and watch the show. I think you're right. I think it would be a smart idea for anybody out there to bring their family together on Monday night, do this, and then learn the lessons, and then talk. Talk with your kids about the importance of our nation, about the importance of liberty and freedom. Keep keep the flame alive. It's what we owe to the founders and the generations that have gone before. That's right. And remember the source of it all. That's right. Stan Ellsworth, you did it, my friend. Six foot two, 300 pound stud. 300 pounds of fun, baby. Love you, man. You're great. Stacy, thank you you too for being here. Thanks for bringing him. We know he probably wouldn't have gotten here without you. He probably just would be in some other building right now (laughs) teaching some history class. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show. We will be back. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.
Matt we're back with the rest of today's Matt Townsend episode. We just finished up an inspiring and passion-filled interview with Stan Ellsworth about our American history. And I think that that is something we need to keep in mind this Thanksgiving as we're counting our blessings. Remember the sacrifices and the stories of those who came before us and those who set the foundation of our nation and for our liberty. In honor of Veterans Day, which has just recently passed, and Thanksgiving, which is just around the corner, we're going to finish off today's episode with a few closing thoughts from Matt about the importance of remembering our nation's past and those who have sacrificed for our freedoms and helped to build our nation. Is there a way that we could just take a little time, tell a story, find two or three stories, go to a graveyard, and go buy some flowers and actually go put them on the the graves of of soldiers or somebody that uh that served this country it's a it's just an opportunity to teach your kids your grandkids we need these stories handed down so one of the things i suggest that would really help is Go find people that are in your family that have been a part of uh, – that have served in the military and go tell their stories. Everybody has somebody somewhere in their family history who's probably been in the military. Go talk about it. If you have a neighbor that served in Iraq, take them something. Make an effort to go out of your way to thank somebody in the armed services, in the military – and um, and teach your kids and your grandkids. It doesn't mean you still can't go, you know, to the ball game or boating or do whatever you do. I also remember vividly going with my family to the, you know, to cemeteries, getting all the flowers out, taking care of uh, of the sites of of my family members that had passed away and also to hear the stories. I remember sitting in the back of the truck and the uncles talking about those that had gone to war and what had happened and who died where and how that happened. And I remember hearing the stories. And I remember them being handed down. I remember the pictures of an uncle in a Navy uniform. And sadly, I don't even remember him. So then my kids are like, so have you served in the military, Dad? No, no, I haven't. But you had a, I had an uncle that did. Really, where did he serve? No idea. So we want to change this, uh, this part of our life and start to actually carry the stories forward. I think Stan made a great point that if we don't bring the stories forward, we are losing the history, but we're also losing ourselves. Then what do the kids think is the key to being an American? If it's not the battlefield and the character, and you see it. When we talk about Iraq, we talk about how many Americans died there, but we also just talk about the ability of an American to stand and fight and fight for what you need to fight for. And Americans seem to have that. But we may not have that if we don't keep the stories and the rights and the privileges clear in our kids' minds. Someday we might lose the willingness to fight for what we believe in. Heaven forbid, can you imagine the day that we no longer understand the price of freedom? Also, it's a great time, I think, to just start traditions and to create some traditions. I mean, if you really, if to make it easy, go find 
American Ride on BYU or uh, on BYU TV and um, watch a few segments of it. Go watch what happened at Gettysburg. Go watch what happened at Valley Forge and see if you don't feel something. The, the amazing thing about the country and all of the lives that have been given is there's an incredible spirit to it. There's an incredible peace to it. It's a religious type of experience. So what if we just turn that on? Try that. Monday morning, when you wake up, turn on American Ride. Go find two or three shows. Just start watching it. And you know what? Your kids will gather around and focus on it. Then talk about it. Use those conversations. Use those stories to put... uh, to put some conversations into the minds and the hearts. Ask some questions. Can you imagine going to war at 15? Ask your 15-year-old son that. Can I take my iPhone? No. There's just a lot of great uh, things we've been given and blessed with. And so I challenge you to, to make it a point this year to talk to your kids about it. Also, make it a really important point to connect to those uh, other generations that are older, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. They have so many stories. And go ask them about the war. Go find those stories, folks. Um, They're out there everywhere. All you got to do is listen to the stories of the the vets coming home from these wars. They're losing arms. They're losing legs. They're losing their lives. Some great thoughts to consider this holiday season before we get into all of that turkey and pumpkin pie and football It's good to just take a moment and remember our forefathers and our creator and the purpose of this holiday season and especially this Thanksgiving. I love what Stan said at the beginning of the episode, that being American isn't about your birth location. It's about your heart and your mindset. This Thanksgiving, we aren't remembering exclusively those who are born on this geographical land called America. But all those who have communed with Americans, all those who have aided to get us where we are, like the Native Americans and the Pilgrims from two completely different parts of the world and two completely different backgrounds, they found common ground and helped one another progress. So we are grateful to everyone, wherever you are around the world and from every time period. We are grateful for all those who have helped us gain and maintain our freedoms and our safety. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving week. I'm Leanna Tan, bringing you the best tidbits to help you live healthier, happier lives. Join me again next time for another episode of Matt Townsend.